while chasing down our dreams, while trying to accomplish everything that we want in life. Every day, waking up, getting caught in the rat race that is life, we get lost in what we're currently doing and fixated on our next move, our next step. But when was the last time you took a step back and looked at what you have accomplished, look at what you do have and been grateful? Been grateful for all the things in life that you have right now that you might not even realize are so great and might actually be someone else's long-term goals. When was the last time you looked around at the little things that you have and been happy, been content with where you are at only for a moment? We're not saying to deviate from the plan or to get off track. What we're saying is to take a moment and appreciate what you do have right now. In this episode, Roy and I are going to talk about just that. We're going to talk about taking a second to appreciate all the things that you do have and being grateful. This is episode six of Tapping In. Enjoy the show. We are back. We are back with episode six of Tapping In. Should have some fun. Should have class tonight. Normally I do like the intro. I'm like, I'm Professor Miguel. This is Purple Belt Roy. <laughs> I didn't do that. And Roy's like drinking his water. And I'm like, ah, he's like, but I'm, I'm your host. Quick, let me get in with some indigestion here. So. <laughs> I am your host, Professor Miguel Benitez, uh, with always Purple Belt Roy. Here I am. Absolutely. Should be a lot of fun. Should it's be a good class tonight with uh, two really cool people. Yeah. Uh, so we had, uh, for those of you that were here tonight, uh, if you weren't here, we had Andrew Vidal, mm-hmm. not Vidal, Andrew right. Vidal, <laughs> uh, and uh, Jackie. He corrected you, too. Well, I asked him, I was like, is that how you say it? Yeah. He said it's Vidal. And I'm right. like, I, and I'd rather people do that. Yeah. If I'm saying your name wrong, please tell me. Because people say my name wrong all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like <laughs> tell, you, tell the story you were told one time about Miguel. Oh, which which one? The one at the track meet where I, I had to I get Mark Fowl? Your, your dad or, or your your, your uh, father-in-law or something like that? Or? My fa- So my my <laughs> uncle-in-law, okay. Steph's uncle, Uncle Dave, um, always calls me Miguel. <laughs> always. It's He's so- like, hey, Miguel. Hey, Miguel. I'm like, it's Miguel. It's Miguel. He goes, oh, sorry. So Miguel. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it's That's all, great comedy, though. All I mean. the time, <laughs> yeah, it's all the time. It's all the time. I had I was at a track meet one time and the guy kept saying, uh, Miguel Bennett, Miguel <laughs> Bennett. And I didn't go up to throw because I'm like, "That's like, who could that be? That's right. not me. Yeah. So finally, I see that they're going to the top of the order again. And I go to the official. I'm like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Official. I was like, you never never called me. Mm-hmm. He goes, what's your name? I was like, Miguel Benitez. He's like, oh, here you go. He goes, so it's not Miguel Bennett. I'm like, not at all. There's a Z. Exactly. Like, there's a Z in my name. He goes, all right, we're going to mark your first throw <laughs> like, foul. Like, I may not know Miguel. You know I mean? It's not they like They don't, man. They don't know it. Or, like, Michael. I love when people just start calling me Michael. You're right. And I'm like, yeah, if you want to piss me off, call Michael. me Michael. Call me Michael. <laughs> like, wow. I'll get pissed off quick. Um, Joe, Joe Cafone. Joe Cafone. Big <laughs> Joe. Love him. Uh, we have a group chat and in the group chat he you know we all give each other names and stuff like that and he named me in the group chat michael bennett (laughs) 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 so uh but like every time i see him like god damn it but yeah he named me michael bennett but yeah my problem is they always throw a ham into my name abramson suddenly becomes abrahamson i'm like no there's there's just no need for that no need for there's no need for that 
uh, uh, Steph's Steph's maiden name is is Fama or Fama, depending on what mood she's in. Okay. And she would tell me like people would be like Stephanie Farmer, and she's like, how? Like where did right. you get? <laughs> people just see what they want to see. They're gonna is she say happy what they that she uh, changed her name. Of course she is. Why wouldn't she be? Benitez is a Stephanie fucking Benitez. awesome last name. No, it really rolls nicely. Yeah, it rolls nice, you know? dude. And she upgraded because she went from F to B. Right, right. Like now, you know, graduation comes around. Oh, you're you're top of the list. I never had to wait long for it. She's anything. out of there much faster than anybody much else. Much out of, out of there much faster. <laughs> and like the kids also, you know, like right. they're going to be Benitez. See, I never had that problem. A, B. Oh, you're there. I'm there. The problem is the opposite. Like you got your diploma. You got what you need. Oh, now you got to sit there and be like, oh, God. <laughs> We're only on the on the ease. Like, yeah. let's get out of here. Like Tim Erickson. You're like, God, I'm done. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Clearly, I where's the rip cord and how do I pull it? Uh, but no, but they came in tonight and uh, Andrew taught a great class backside 50 50. For those of you that don't know, Andrew is the co-owner and head instructor at all in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, not located in Manville. <laughs> That's what I hear. It is not in Manville. It is in Middlesex, Middlesex Borough. Borough. <laughs> <laughs> him and Jackie are, uh, are you know, they actually listen to the podcast. Yeah. And he, like, texts me, like, right away. He goes, you motherfucker. He goes, <laughs> I'm not in Manville. I'm like, I don't know where you are, dude. I was like, Manville, right. Montgomery, Middle. It's, it's it, We're close enough. I was like, I know yeah. where my school is. That's yeah. what matters. Exactly. I know where my school is. <laughs> like, you got to figure out where your school you gotta is. You got to get into, like, the whole mental politics of Somerset County here, you know? <laughs> I know. There is a pecking order. There is a pecking order. Somerset County is an interesting county. I'm a Middlesex County guy. South Brunswick, (laughs) SB. Black and gold, Viking pride. You know, now I'm all about that green and gold. Oh, yeah. Let's go Cougars. Absolutely. Let's go Cougars. Let's go. I bleed, as my son said, oh, I bleed green. You know, I'm like, yeah. Okay. I I bleed green, too. It's called property tax. (laughs) Um, It's called... (laughs) It's called living in New Jersey. Fucking um, property tax, no property. Fucked Gotta up. love it. Now we're getting into politics. Let's get out yeah, of that yeah. one. Let's quickly but, segue out. So we had them come in tonight, and you know it's going to segue into what I want to talk about tonight. And we're going to talk about my recent trip to Costa Rica with the Hero Academy for mm-hmm. Tom's Camp, uh, and just some of the things that happened there. And you know, having uh, Andrew come in and teach a great class, and being part of this team, and. You know, we, we are trying to make this podcast sound as professional as we can. Sure. And I'm very honest with people when they start asking me questions. I'm like, listen, the fact that I can plug in the microphone and get it to work like that in itself is amazing. I don't know anything about this stuff. Faking it as we go. Right. But he came in to help me out because he knows how to do the sound engineering and, and all that stuff. So what I'm getting at is so many things to just be grateful for. Oh yeah. You know, to just take a step back and look at the things that you do have and I, that's really what I want to talk about tonight is just, you know, being grateful, appreciating mm. the things that you do have, not just in jiu-jitsu and on the mats, but in, in life and how many things that we can we get exposed to and we get to see and experience because of, you know, small choices that we make every day. Very true. You know, for me it's by choosing to start training jiu-jitsu. Mm. But, you know, that that's really what I want to talk about tonight. Um and how, like, literally the second you start being grateful for the things that you have and you start focusing on the things that you do have in your life, mm. man, how much better does your life become? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'll, we'll get into it a lot deeper, obviously. But, you know, because when I was thinking about how do I form this, this is so, you know, broad a topic and, and it's so important. And how does it connect to BJJ and all that other stuff? And, and, you know, so, but I started really thinking about it. But before that, 
you bring up Costa Rica and you got to start opening the kimono a little bit. Tell me about what went on there. I mean, you, you seem to really have brought back a lot of amazing thoughts on it. I, I love it. Uh, it. This was my fifth, sixth time over there. Can't really remember. Um, and, and it's always just such a good time. Number one, because we've gone there for you know just trips to go and enjoy and maybe do a little training. Right. And we've gone there for, for Tom's camps. And I want to talk about his camps because it's very – I kind of want to pull back the current a little bit and really give people an opportunity to truly appreciate what Tom does at these camps. Right. I, I don't think people realize how much work goes into it. You know, you see the Instagram posts. You see, like, you know, the beach and all that stuff. Right. Man, like, it, it's a business trip. He's working, and it's for a good cause. So, Hero Academy uh, in Tamarindo is run by uh, by Ron Jarman, a uh, great guy. And what they do is it's a nonprofit academy, and the the adults pay. But they put on these camps, and the whole purpose for the camps is, you know, three days, four days. People come in from all over the world. I think Tom had, like, 40 people at this camp. Hmm. And the money, the proceeds go to keeping the school open for a couple months, paying for geese, uniforms, so that the local kids can train for free. Right. Because what people have to understand, and Tom says this specifically, he goes, you know, it's heaven and it's hell. You know, you walk around in daytime, it's beautiful, the sun, the right, sunsets, right, right. the beach. That sun goes down. You know, it's it's a third world country. It's, it's poor. Mm. And the opportunity isn't the same as we have in this country, Absolutely not. in this state, yeah. in this county. You know, sure. we were talking about Somerset County. It's a very different world living in Costa Rica. These kids can very quickly get seduced, not even seduced. They kind of have to go into the lifestyle of, you know, to be quite frank, you know, selling drugs, selling themselves, you know. Yeah. So how do you help them? How do you give them a, a safe place to go? And that's what they're able to produce. And that's what they're able to provide for these kids is to give them an opportunity where for an hour a day, two hours a day, they can be kids. Right, and they right. can, you know, enjoy life and have a good time and, and train jujitsu. They don't have to be looking over their shoulder in a sense. Yeah, yeah. you know, and they provide it for free, which is what's incredible. Uh, so, you know, definitely if you're listening to this, you know, at Hero Academy or Hero BJJ Retreats on Instagram, uh, you know, definitely check them out. You know, purchase some rash guards, some T-shirts. All the money goes back to keeping those kids training for free. But it, it's a three-day camp, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Friday was two sessions. I went to one. All right. This was the first time I took Steph with me. Right. So I'm in Costa Rica with my wife. Uh, we stayed at a, at a nicer hotel than what I normally stay at. We, mm -hmm. we normally stay at the Best Western and have a blast. But I wanted to do things a little bit nicer, you know, bring Steph. So she had a great time. But she got to experience it and see. Mm -hmm. and, uh, what were her thoughts? She loved it. She yeah. loved it. Because what makes a difference, like you're not on a resort. You're in the middle of town, so you're living everyday life. You're going to restaurants. You're going to the grocery store. Okay. So it feels like, yeah, you're on vacation. You're in a nice hotel, and there's the beach, all that stuff. But you're in the middle of their culture, of their everyday life. You're right. walking the dirt roads. You're. It almost feels like you're living a very different life, which is so different from the everyday hustle and bustle that we do here, especially living Absolutely. in the tri-state area. Yeah. And – you know, one of the phrases in Costa Rica, or the phrase in Costa Rica is pura vida, which just means pure life. All right. It just means live life. 
And, you know, the first day you're there, you start to hear it. But when you're there for a couple days, man, you start to embrace that. Where now, like, something's not good. You're sitting at at dinner waiting 15, 20 minutes for your drinks. You don't even get mad. He's like, hey, pura vida, bro. Just hang out. It'll get here when it gets here. You start to embrace that. And what I told Steph was, because my my wife has her own business. I still have a full-time job. So when I come to the school, number one, I'm working all day. So is she. Then when I come to the school, she's home watching the kids. Right, right. That's work. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Benny is easy. Juliana, that's its own job. That girl is, man, she's slowly taking over the house. <laughs> like she sits at the head of the table now and she sets the rules. Dude, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm going to have to bring her on the podcast one day. Um, Absolutely. She speaks clearly. She's got like 10 word sentences. Probably we count. A, probably a heck of a lot more charming than I am. So. Yeah, no, she's, 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 it's bad. So wait, it like define for me a little more Pura Vida. Pura Vida. So, you know, like, give me an example of it. Like, you know what it is right now? You wake up today, yeah. right? You wake up on Wednesday. You're in New Jersey. As soon as you open your eyes, your day starts. Yeah. You've got emails, you've got work, you've got text messages, you've right. got bills, your eyes open and it's go time. You have expectations, expectations, and, right. and you know there's things expected of you. Right. That's just the way it is, and you're grinding until you probably go to bed. Right. That's the life. That's our life here. That's not life. Exactly. That's not living. But they romanticize it in like Italy by like saying la dolce vita. You Sweet know. Life. You know what Sweet I'm saying. Life. But it's not the same. It it's sounds like this same. is a little different. Pura vita is you wake up. All right. Now la dolce vita. You think Italian? You know. They're very, you know, they're very rich culture and everything is yeah. a little bit very excessive. Right. You know, everything's very over the top. It's very, you know, it's, it's the sweet life. It's, exactly. you know, eat all the pasta, drink all the wine, right. put on the shiny silk live, shirts. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's all about excess. Very different from our American excess, which is just Big time. gluttonous, to be honest. This Pura Vida is you wake up, you open your eyes. Maybe I'll go to breakfast. Maybe I'll have coffee. Maybe I'll sit on the right. beach and you're just kind of going about and you're living your life and let's do this. Let's not do that. And then before you know it, you think the whole day's gone by. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right. It's not even lunch. <laughs> and you're just like, what are we doing now? <laughs> what are we doing now? And here's the best part. You don't give a shit. Yeah. You don't care because you're just things are getting done. You know, I still went to train. I went to, I hung out with my wife. We did quads. We got to do all these things at our own leisurely pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to take a walk on the beach. Very romantic. Straight out of like a, a romance novel. It was, it was good. Um, you Background know, but, music and everything, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> literally. You know, they come in there, Señor, ¿quieres música? And you're like, yeah, you know. They start going. But it was just so, and it was, it's just so important to have that every now. Just take a step back. And enjoy life. And I, I go pretty much every year. And it really does rejuvenate me. And it recharges me. So when I come back, I try to bring that mindset back with me. Where right, it's like, right. listen, like all this stuff is very important. But so is just my sanity and living. And take right, a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. And is this, how big is this problem really? And I, I told Steph, I was like, when we go back home, try to bring some of this with you. Yeah, live in the the way you're feeling right now, the relaxation, the calm... Try to bring the way you're feeling right now back home and watch how it helps your everyday life. Watch how it helps you make decisions. 
uh, you know, she was, uh, when we got back, she started stressing about, she keeps saying like the parents want this, the parents want that. Right. right. And, you know, it was like, you know, these parents, they want pictures of their kids all day long. I tell them, I don't offer that. I send them pictures, but it's not every day. They want pictures of like their kids. At, yeah. At yeah. Preschool. Those sorts of things. And I looked at, her, I was like, how many parents are asking you that? And she goes, it's one parent. <laughs> and I'm like, you've let that one parent in your head. become the whole school. Sure. It's one problem. You know how you adjust that? You send them an email and you say, while we do our best to send you pictures and, you know, we we will try to make note and, you know, special events we will get you those pictures and things of that nature. But you must understand that our main priority is educating your sure. child. Yep. She's like, well, I wish I could write that. I was like, yo, if you pay me, I'll send these emails for you. <laughs> But it, it really is, you know, she got to enjoy and I got to see her relax and really just like take in some of like the, the just the moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was great to see. And, uh, you know, we got to hang out with, you know, we got to spend time with uh, a lot of like jujitsu practitioners and she got to see Tom teach. And mm-hmm. my wife absolutely adores Tom. I'm she's sure. she's known Tom as, as long, long as she's time. known yeah, me. Absolutely. Um, so she got to see them teach and she got to see what goes into being Tom the Blast. And it's not as easy as people think. People think like, oh, he travels all over. He's it's busy. That right in that itself, traveling all over. I mean, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's not like yeah, the first couple of plane rides, and you you, know, you think you're James Bond, but and it's like when you start racking up the uh, you know the miles on the uh, the card, it's like I really don't want to do this much and, anymore. And then it's time to work. Uh, so I'll give you an example of of the second day. So Friday was the second day. There were two sessions. Mm-hmm. This was our Friday. Camp was 9.30 to 11. Mm-hmm. So we have to get there around 9.15, you know, shake hands. And by we, I mean How Tom. many kids are in the, uh, or how many people are in the... Uh... About 40 people. Oh, okay. So decent size. Yeah. It's, it, and this is in Costa Rica. People are coming from all over the world. <laughs> right. There was a guy there from Serbia. Nicest guy. Vlad, if you're listening, awesome time with this guy. Um, you know, and Tom has to perform. He's yeah. got to he's got to shake hands with these people. He's got to talk to the, all these Press people. The flesh. Absolutely. Of course, like they they're there for you. That takes energy. Yeah. That takes a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. Then he's got to teach for an hour and a half. And this isn't this isn't like a class at home. This isn't a class at his academy. This is and I said this at dinner. This is headlining Madison Square Garden. Right. Sing me the hits. Yeah. Sing me the hits. I don't care if your finger hurts, Elton Elvis, John. Baby. Yeah. Sing me the hits. Right. Play that 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 song, Piano Man. They don't care. They're paying good money, and he understands that. Right. So he teaches. Then we're there saying goodbye. You know, taking pictures. We went to go quadding. Mm-hmm. Did the quads. Got back at around uh, two forty-five. How much fun three is o'clock. that? By the way, it was a blast. I cheated. I didn't do a quad. I did a UTV, <laughs> okay. which is like a just like a really it's like a Utility, golf cart on right, steroids. Right. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the alternative was I have a quad. Steph has a quad. I can do the quad. I picture Steph going off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how she drives, so I can only imagine her on a quad. And then I'm not going to be wow. able to rest. She's a horrible driver. I love her to death. My wife is a terrible driver. I'm sorry. Uh, Listen. She, she knows this. <laughs> you, if you like my wife and I get along, people see us like, wow, what a loving couple. Get in the car when Steph's driving and I'm in the passenger seat. You're you'll swear we're on our road to divorce. <laughs> like, it's just the arguments that ensue. And we've gotten better because of the kids. But when the kids aren't oh, there, oh, man, 
She's like, I'm just going to park and let you drive. I'm like, no. Otherwise, how are you going to learn to get better? Or like if she does something, I'm like, I'm teaching you. I'm, but her mom and dad are also horrible drivers. <laughs> <laughs> they both have almost killed me in the car. But so now like I, I got to write that down because I really one of these podcasts I'd love to discuss driving skills you know, of people because there are some people that just really suck at driving. Like you ever meet, I, I don't want to digress too much, but these guys that have one foot on the accelerator and one foot on the brake pedal. I can't live like that. I knew a dude like that. And it's I'm like, like the, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's the herky jerky. Like, like pick you got to stop, man. You, you, you got to like, either let me drive or yeah. stop this. Uh, I'm a great driver, but I tell everyone when they get in my car, buckle up, hold on. We're, we're going to go really fast. Going fast. Uh, I'm the opposite. There's no foot on the brake. <laughs> we're going. We're going, we're swerving, and it is what it is. Right. That's why I love my car, man. Like, uh, I, your car's takeoff. We're going. We're, it's built like a rocket ship. <laughs> Best takeoff I've ever felt. A buddy of mine just bought a Tesla. Holy shit. You want to talk about just acceleration, like slamming your head back into the back of the back seat there. On a Tesla? On a Tesla. It's incredible, the takeoff. It's it's like, you know. I've I've heard that. Like a like those, you know, King to Ka kind of uh, oh, roller coaster God. kind of takeoff. Mach three right out the crazy, gate. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry to snap your neck. Digress, but we're back in Costa Rica now. Okay. So we're in the, Costa Rica. You're on so, the quads. <laughs> so we do the quads. They're on quads. I'm on the UTV with Steph. <laughs> okay. We had a blast. Thank God we did it. We we go about an hour, go to like this little beach. Beautiful beach. Yeah, here it's the beautiful. Water. The country. It's gorgeous. You know who said it was gorgeous? You know uh, Sean in the class? Yeah. Uh I, he's a big, big time traveler. All over the place. Yeah. I was talking with him like, dude. Every month like, he's going somewhere. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I want to be him when I grow up. <laughs> Seriously. I do. And, I do. and he's like, I'm like, you're not sick of it yet? He goes, no, nah, it's like my wife loves it. I love it. It's like we just get after it. All right. And I said, so what's the prettiest place you've been to? Costa Rica. Costa Rica. It's something about that place. Yeah. Tom says it too. He's like, I've been to like 27 countries all over the world. He goes, and there's just something special about it. That's awesome. I'm not that much of a world traveler, but there's These something special when yeah. you're there. You can feel it in the air. You can smell it. You can see it in the people. It's just, it's beautiful. But so we get back from the quads at around three o'clock. Now, you know, Tom is very understanding. He's like, listen, you don't have to come to the second session. Right. Go spend some time with Steph. And I was like, oh, awesome. Like, thank you. I appreciate that. I had already decided that that's what I was going to do. But hearing <laughs> it from him made my life easier. So I'm spending the day with, with Steph. You know, we're having the afternoon dinner. That's not the end of Tom's day. He's got another session at four o'clock. So he's got to run to his room, get changed, grab his stuff, teach from 4 to 5.30, which ended up going till like 6 because he decided to train. Hmm. Trains until 6. Now, you know, you do the talking, get in the, in the golf cart, go back. He's not back at his hotel until 6.30. Well, guess what? We got dinner reservations at 7.30 with people from the camp that you are coming. Get on your horse. Got to get. There's no rest there. Yeah. And he's on the whole time. I was going to ask you about that. Does Tom have a different persona i mean everybody calms you know kind of calms down face to face but like i've been to a, a couple of his seminars through the school and everything like that but the, do you find him like loosening up or is he pretty much intense or you know, like you said he puts on his, his show so here's what you have to say too like it's not like you're performing putting on a show where it's like a completely different person it's right, no different like, yeah. like you've had conversations with me 
the conversations we've had and the person that's teaching class are basically the same person. Yeah, it's pretty consistent. But there is a yeah. little bit of a difference. You know, every now and then, like, I do just want to be quiet and not talk. And then when that happens, people are like, are you okay? Is something wrong? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm fucking fine. I just don't feel like talking. But right. when I don't talk, people freak out. That's the thing. Exactly. Uh, no, Tom's always still very intense. But, you know, he's just, he's so, he's he's personable. He's funny. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got great stories. Uh you know, and if the story want, if he really wants a story to be told right, he'll be like, Miguel, you tell the story. Everyone, look at Miguel. And that's like, all right. But, you know, he is who he is. And he wants to make sure that when he's at these camps or at these seminars and he's hanging out with people, he, he really gives a part of himself to these Beautiful. people. Beautiful. And I think that's why he's as successful as he is because it's that's not a character. Yeah. You're not, getting yeah. him. Right. But you got to understand when you're giving yourself to people, at the end of the day, there's not much left. You know, it, it's exhausting. I don't think people realize how much work he puts in it. Sure. To, sure. But, but that's why he's top of the food chain when it comes to yeah. this game. Yeah. When it comes to the social media. There's a reason why he sold out this camp in 12 hours. Mm. 12 hours. He sold out a camp in, in Costa Rica, 40, 45 spots. Listen, there were some big name guys that literally had spots available the week of their camp. Does this okay? So maybe maybe I need to understand this a little bit better. So it's not a one time a year thing for these folks. No, they, they bring have, in top of top line BJJ guys to, year round. Year, year round, round. Okay, they'll have between to six to eight camps a year. Okay, that's and that keeps the school going. I but you. I will say this: uh, the difference between uh, when Tom has his camp and other people is they're part of the Tom DeBlas affiliation. Right. Okay. They're actually part of the team which makes it great because it gives us an excuse to go to Costa Rica every year and I'll <laughs> gladly go. But you know, it, it was just, we can talk about all the stuff that's going on, but at the end of the day, and I said this to Steph, right? We're sitting there and the sun's setting. And I was like, when I first met Steph, I was a four stripe. I'm, I'm sorry. I never got four stripes in my blue belt. I was a one stripe blue belt waiting for my purple. And I was like, did you ever think that like blue belt kid who had dreams right, yeah. would bring you to Costa Rica? because yeah. of jujitsu and she's like nope and i'm like that's pretty fucking cool yeah it's so important that you uh you bring that point up to be able to take a step back and it tails into what we're going to discuss tonight of gratitude but if you can do have that self-awareness where you pull back for a second and say wait a minute not many people are doing this in the world right now you no. know and how many people have the skill sets that I've developed over the years, the relationships that I've developed over the years, and it, it's an amazing thing, you know. And and it's something that here's the best part about it is when you're in BJJ, there is this community, but it just gets so much deeper and deeper and deeper in terms of respect as you progress within the community. It, it does, and more doors and opportunities begin to open up, and you start to experience different things, and you know. I'm so grateful for the things that I've gotten from jujitsu and, you know, the, I've used the term repurposing of my life. People have told me that they like that phrase and it's true. It gave me a complete repurposing. And I think a couple of weeks ago I was talking about all the things that I was, you know, the people I got to train with and the matches and that stuff's great. But the experiences mm. that I've had, the life experiences that I've had because of jujitsu always stand out more than the matches or the rounds yeah. or anything like that. Like when we start telling stories, we're not like, hey, tell them the story about that time you trained with so-and-so. No, we're like, tell them the story about that time we were at so-and-so's wedding right. or that time right. after class or that time we were at dinner. And it, 
it's something people don't really have. And for that, I'm so grateful for what this sport has given me. But it's also taught me to be appreciative of other things. Mm. When you're not hurt and you can train, you learn to be grateful for being healthy. Right, right. You truly learn because, at least for me, I really became so, especially now as I'm getting older, when I feel great, I'm so grateful that I'm not injured and that I'm not hurt. And that I can get those rounds me so much more to me now because it's like, I did five rounds tonight. I did six rounds tonight. It's Mm. like, I was able to push. My body feels good. I'm grateful for that. Whereas 10 years ago, that was just the norm. Right. That's what I expected my body to do. And then it goes into other things. Now you go home. You're grateful that you have a home to go to. You're grateful that you have a roof. Man, if you have a, a spouse or someone that loves you, you become grateful for the fact that someone loves you. Yeah. Because you become grateful for the fact that maybe you have an instructor that cares about you. In my case, I had someone like Tom who literally took me under their wing. I, I, you can actually probably say literally physically took me under his wing. And we lose sight of those things. We, we get lost in the hustle Very and bustle. True. And it becomes uh, yeah. expectations. So if you do take the broad approach, I mean, when I think of gratitude, which is, you know, maybe sort of the subject of the podcast tonight. I thought I think of it in two ways. The first is you have to have the perspective to be able to appreciate what you've got. In other words, to appreciate something and take that step back and say, okay, what are the good things that I've got in my life? What are the bad things that I've got in my life that have taught me lessons? Whatever it happens to be. So the perspective is super important. And the second part is exercising the gratitude. In other words, taking that moment and thanking whoever it is that gave you that gift you know, so if you were to, like, you just listed out a bunch of different things as far as your perspective, and you don't want to have to, you know, make them one, two, three, four, five, but you do want to say, what is most important in my life? Where does BJJ kind of stack in your life? So you're asking me, like, where it personally stacks in yeah, my life? I'm curious. I mean, because you've been on this journey, and but you've also had a work experience. You've also had a marital experience. You've had a childhood experience. Like, where does BJJ kind of I'm I'm going to put it at the top. Wow. I'm going to put it at the top. And not because it's it's the most important, but because what this has done for my life. Right. All right. And then we've talked about this before. Aside from the physical, what it's done for me mentally, the challenges that I faced on the mats, the lessons that I've learned, all those things have directly translated into my life wow. and have allowed me to make better decisions have allowed me to deal with tougher times have allowed me to deal with good times and understand that hey things are great right now cherish them you have mount enjoy it Mm -hmm. because you might get swept and now you're on bottom but guess what if you work hard enough and take all the right steps you're not on bottom forever right and just like anything else in life just like the rounds in jujitsu it's going to come to an end (laughs) and that's very true it's going to come to an end So while you're in it, be in it. The good, the bad, address the situations, make the correct adjustments, except when you lost. Right. But don't don't think that because you won that that's the end all be all because there's more coming. All those lessons have made me who I am and have helped me deal with what I can deal with with my everyday life. And it's also given me. A, a supporting cast of people right, right, right. that I can always fall back on. And you're one of those people. Mm. I, listen, 
there was a time where we've sat in this office and I've spoken to you about some of the, the one of them was, I remember we had this conversation about, uh, you know, expanding the school, the yeah. new space already. And right. I was like, we can knock down this wall. Do this. And I remember you and, and TOB were like, don't think that's the right call. Hmm. And I remember I was like, well, why not? And you guys explained it and broke it down. And I was like, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm grateful that because of this sport, because of this art, I'm able to have conversations with people that have more wisdom than me, have more life experience than me, and can guide me down the right path as long as you're willing to listen. Yeah. Because it's very easy to be like, well, I'm a fucking black belt. You're a black belt in one thing. <laughs> I'm a black you belt always in say that. You always say that. I'm a black belt in yeah. jiu-jitsu, man. I'm a white belt in everything else. Great metaphor for life. Absolutely. Uh, you yeah. know what? And It's funny. I always say that, and I truly believe that it was like my own thing, and that's just the way I felt. And then we're at the camp, and Tom said it. He said, you have to understand. He goes, I'm a black belt at this. He goes, but if I came to your job, I'm a white belt. And I'm listening to you. He's like, everyone is a master of something. Everyone's a black belt at something. It just so happens that I'm a black belt at this. But that's a whole that's a whole thing with BJJ. In other words, Tom is able to still kind of connect with the guy that just started with BJJ. He's still able to kind of, you're able to do that, you know, yourself. You still remember yourself as a one stripe blue. You still remember what you were feeling. And you know what I'm saying? I think you have to, stay in tune with that. Yeah. But, and I think part of the reason that I'm able to do that is because for me, it was so personal right. when I was able to come back to doing jujitsu or getting back into physical activity because it was all taken away from me. Mm. So every step along the way meant so much to me that when I got that first stripe, I was so grateful that I was able to train to get my first stripe. When I got my blue belt, I was so grateful that I had this to have right. something where I could become a blue belt and become a coach and pursue other avenues. So I always remember how much it meant to me and I don't downplay it. My first stripe didn't hold any less significance than my black belt. Right Now, did my black belt have a different reaction? Absolutely. That's a very big thing, uh, which by the way, two brand new black belts uh, handed out while we were in Costa Rica. So huge congratulations to, uh, uh, Shane, you said Luke, I think was it. Uh, Shane from uh, OCBJJ. He's now in North Carolina, and uh, Shane Kalesa, and I hope I said that right. I probably butchered it. <laughs> and co-owner of Mooresville BJJ, my teammate and pain in my ass, uh, Luke Moeller. So, Professor Luke, congratulations! If you are a student of Mooresville BJJ in North Carolina and you're listening to this, you have an incredible professor. I also met their other professor, Professor Mike, co-owner, uh, Luke's partner. Man, two incredible human beings. Wow. Two incredible human beings. And after getting to know both of them, all I kept thinking was, your students should be very grateful for the define instructors they have. You said two incredible. Like, define a couple of things. Like, what, what really stuck in your minds about them? I'm going to be honest with you, Roy. So, Mike kind of reminded me. A lot of of you. Okay. He's you know he's an older he's gentleman. He's he's he looks like Jocko. Oh really? <laughs> he looks just like Jocko. When I first saw him, I was like, "Are you?" He goes, "Hey, I'm Mike." And I was like, "Oh, I thought you were Jocko. That would have been way cooler." Um, right. He looks just like Jocko. Very, but he's an older man. Very good shape. Takes care of himself. Right, right, right. And he has that that like that 
thirsts for knowledge yeah. and wants to hear your side and wants to understand where you're coming from. And I love people like that mm. because it's, it shows me you have an open mind oh, yeah. and I can have a conversation with you because even if we don't agree, we're going to have a conversation. And I had tons of conversations with him. Uh, at one point he's like, he, he went quadding with us and we're all on the beach taking pictures and doing what, you know, young, young kids do. And he's in the ocean with his like Mai Tai or whatever yeah, he's drinking yeah, and he's yeah. floating. And I'm like, that guy is living his best life right now. And it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and he also got promoted. He got promoted to first degree black belt. He got his stripe on his Her. black belt. Oh, that's awesome. It's awesome for them. And you know what? It's awesome for their academy too, because yeah. now they have two black belt instructors. They got a first degree black belt and you know, their students are very lucky for those, those two professors and they run a top notch academy. And you know, I hope the school blows up and they have 800 students, and then they have to open up a second space. Yeah. That's what I hope for for them. They have a beautiful academy, instructors that care and give mm -hmm. a shit about them. You know, so huge congratulations uh, to uh, to those. Also, uh, a couple a couple purple belts. Um, Ron uh, actually got promoted to brown belt. The owner of Hero Academy, so that was pretty bumped. cool to see. Yep. Yeah, he got bumped up to brown. Love. I love the belt promotions, man. Yeah, I really cool. do. I get so excited for them, uh, just because every step along the way yeah it's hard it's not easy yeah and you get closer and closer to that black belt and you know there's a lot of miles on those uh, there's tires. A lot of miles, <laughs> but you're still doing it and yeah. the fact that you're still doing it when so many quit you gotta be grateful for that yeah you do it, you gotta be able to step back and take a look at what you have and just be happy it's it's because so, it's so easy especially now with social media mm. it's so easy to know what you don't have and you start seeing these these uh influencers and these celebrities and they show you everything they have and right, right, right. somehow this guy i've never heard of don't know what he right. does doesn't sing doesn't act doesn't do anything he's got money <laughs> squeezes lemons in his eyes and puts it on tiktok he's got a ferrari and right. a mansion that's not real life no. it's not real Nope. But we we believe what we see and we don't understand that what we're seeing is bullshit. Yeah, but I don't know. I, like some people always they make fun of the Kardashians, for instance. They have the it factor and I have to applaud them for it. You know, I, if they put a, a set of cameras in my house, they'd get bored after about 10 minutes because <laughs> I'd probably be taking a nap. But, uh, but no. that's what I mean. Like they I have a camera set up in their house. You really think everything they're doing is legit? No, I get that, but I'm just saying like they have that it factor. Right? You can't take your eyes off of them. So I give anybody that does kind of explode on social media their their due because there is something that's drawing people's eyeballs because a lot of people are trying to do that. You know, there are a lot of people trying to do it. There are these guys down in Australia. They they uh, my son turned me on to them. They do all these. Uh, you know, pranks on each other. Hilarious, you know? And I can't stop watching the goddamn Like videos. jackass type jokes? Like yeah, that type this of is stuff. like this is Marty and Michael. They're just hilarious if you if you ever want to watch something funny. And it's just funny. I, I, I just watch this over and over but and over that's, again. But that's very different from the people that literally just go on Instagram and take a picture with, like, their oh, Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like see what you're, you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. they're, you know, they're just, you know, flexing for the gram. That's the, that's the phrase, Roy. They're flexing for the gram. Could you dumb that down for, for my age group? Here? Yeah, flexing for the gram. So the term flexing <laughs> is like when you flex your muscle, you're showing off. 
And for the gram, that's shortened for Instagram. So they're showing off oh. for Instagram. Okay. They're literally just doing it so people can hit the double tap and give it a like and make it feel good. Dude, like, I hate social media. Do I, you, though? Oh, I do. No. I really do. Come I'm not on. a fan. You're not a fan. Okay. I went uh, almost two years with no Facebook or Instagram oh. when I stopped coaching at Brunswick BJJ and started working for Transit. The only reason I brought it back up is because of the school. Okay. Well, that makes sense, but, you know, I don't know. Do you, do you find yourself uh, looking at your phone a lot, though? Uh, like, every week they give you that summary of how long you've been on your phone. <laughs> I'm on my phone a lot, but that's yeah. because, again, like, if I'm on Instagram, if you, like, look, like, I'm always sharing somebody's stuff, and right. I'm reposting, and I'm posting things on the school's page, and, you know, it's, it's you got to get it out there. It becomes business. Yeah. You know, my Instagram is purely for business. It's got to be. Otherwise, you know, you, you got to stay relevant. Unfortunately, that's part of the game right now, okay. you know, and you, you'll see it. A lot of guys are out there finding people to run their like school's Instagram page because they realize right, like right, you right. got to stay posting. Yeah. Like that's how people advertise now. Mm -hmm. So well, I get that. I get that. It's like, I don't know when I get Facebook friended by uh, people, by the way, I've, I've I've had a pretty significant jump in my Facebook requests recently. Have you? Oh, you're I don't know why. Uh, I I'm think we know saying. why. I'm not I, saying. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> People are starting <laughs> to tap into so, your profile. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, who the frig is this? And I immediately delete. You know, like I, Purple I do Belt not, Roy, they want to be friends with you, them. dude. No. They want to no. be friends and with you. And I'll tell you. you why I don't. Because I, <laughs> number one, I want to keep my Facebook friends to 100 or less. Because I can't keep up with people and I will wish them happy birthday. I will like engage with them. And if they don't wish me, they, they have three chances to be my friends on Facebook for Hanukkah, Christmas, for my anniversary and for my birthday. If I do not get some kind of congratulations on one of those three things, they're gone. I get rid of people. Smart. So, I mean, that's I, <laughs> I did the opposite this year. Um, normally you have like 1300 people on Facebook. I saw on Facebook. Yeah. Instagram. I think I have like 2,500. So how many people do you engage with all 2,500? Roy, you what are you talking about? They're all my friends. Saying, Roy, Roy, we're not going to sit here and talk shit about my fans. <laughs> yeah. All right. You know, my mom's one of them, but, um, no, I try to engage with as many as I can. Uh, you know, and I try to be really good about liking people's pictures and things like that, but it's 2,500 people. And That's what I'm saying. It's overwhelming. Well, and with the algorithm now with Instagram, you don't always see what everyone's posting. It's very, right. it's very weird, but, um, yeah, I just, I can't, it's just so different how social media has just changed the game. Do you take a step back though? Speaking of gratitude, do you take a step back and say, wait a minute, I'm kind of a, a pretty cool individual right here. And, and thank God for that. And BJJ gave this to me and, uh, yes and no. All right. No. Like when I get like birthday wishes and things like that, like for example, this year, Normally, when it's like my birthday or my sister's uh -huh. birthday or someone very significant, you make a big post. Like, everyone wish yeah. happy birthday. This year, my sister looked at me. She goes, hey, do you want me to make a post about you for your birthday? Uh -huh. And I looked at her. I was like, no. Just say happy birthday. Right, and she was like, right. happy birthday. I love you. I was like, I love you, too. And I was like, I'm not making a post for your birthday. She goes, fine. She goes, okay. I don't need fucking people knowing. Because like, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, happy birthday. It's like people you never talk That's to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we don't do it. So we just, yeah. this year was the first year we didn't do it. We didn't post anything on Facebook. Wow. Um, but, you know, when I get, you know, when, uh, you know, Leo from, I forget where Leo's from. 
in uh, with the guy Leo in the class? No, not Leo. Leo, uh, I believe his last name is pronounced uh, Toll or Tole. Um, the guy who made the cartoon picture of me. Oh, that dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when it's cool. Yeah. That's when I'm like, man, this is this is pretty awesome. Or when I get someone from New Zealand who schedules who who follows me on Instagram and you know sends me you know uh, her name is Cheryl Cheryl from New Zealand sends me like she sent me like a little stuffed like tomato she sent me like a t-shirt from wow. yeah she sent me like a t-shirt from her jujitsu academy for like Benny oh, that's beautiful okay and like she took a private with me she she originally booked it with Tom and Tom's like super busy so she took a private with me like that's cool like getting interact with people mm. and. That's when I'm like grateful for this. I'm like, you know what? Uh, this is pretty cool. It's pretty nifty. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other than that, like, I don't get excited about like the likes. Like, I don't look at likes. Like, ooh, 300 people like. I don't get two shits. See, I, I can't follow the algorithms and the uh, the analytics anyway. I'm, I'm just such a. Uh, I'll tell you what's the way. good thing about the algorithm. If there's ever like a product that you want, I just start saying it out loud and right. like talking around my phone. And sure enough, I'll get an ad for it. Do you really? Yeah. Like oh, I'll wow. be like, man, I would really like to see. You know, like like the new Dodge Ram. I would love to see learn more information about the Dodge Ram. And right. I guarantee I'm going to look at my phone tonight, and I'm going to have no, ads no, no. for every Dodge dealership in New Jersey and Dodge Rams. Really? Oh yeah, it dude. works that way. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, they're always listening, dude. Big Brother's always <laughs> listening. So for that, I'm grateful because I can. I remember there was one time there was this one product I want. I can't remember what it was, and oh, I remember it was a. Uh, it's like these little plastic fans. That you put on like your table outside yeah, yeah, for like barbecues yeah, yeah, and it yeah. keeps like the mosquitoes and stuff around. Uh -huh. And I'd seen the ad on Instagram. I was like, man, I really wish Instagram would show me the ad for that fan that keeps the flies away from your food. That night. You it saw it? Off. Oh, I ordered it. It's crazy. Ordered it that night. That's amazing. You know, uh, you know, my mom really got into epoxy. I'm grateful for all the epoxy stuff she makes me. I don't know if you ever saw these coasters. What's epoxy? My mom made me these coasters. Let me see that. Oh, the wolf. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. She made those. For anyone that's wondering what it is that I'm looking at, is a very, very cool coaster here with a wolf howling. And I tell you, yeah, it's cool. you know, I'm grateful for things like that. I think my mom saw something on Instagram and she was like, I could do that. And she started doing it. It was a little rough in the beginning, but she's been doing it for about a year now and she's getting pretty good at it. Do you, getting back to the gratitude thing, though, yeah. you, there are events in life that create the gratitude a little bit more the birth of your children, the marriage, you know, unfortunately, the death of a parent, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, I didn't really start feeling that myself till I got into my early to mid thirties because prior to that, you really feel you're sort of invincible. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of that really backfires on you, not in terms of like getting hurt, but just in terms of kind of dislocating people. And, and I mentioned that, you know, for my birthday, I didn't really have uh, <laughs> friends, my 40th birthday, but that was a part of it. I never really sort of like appreciated it. And gratitude really ties a lot into appreciation as well. Do you find as you're getting a little bit more older, you're beginning to appreciate it a little bit more? I, I don't see how anyone can't start yeah. to appreciate things a little bit more as they get older. Um, but I, I will say this. When I was a kid, so my mom had me very young. Right. And my aunts and my grandma helped raise me. You know, everyone, you know, it takes a village. They literally all yeah, jumped absolutely. in yeah. and made sure that we weren't missing anything in life especially because my dad was just you know Gone. deadbeat yeah, yeah. um let's say what it is deadbeat i hope he might listen to this and i hope he hears it but you know <laughs> but he was just you know irresponsible immature right. could never step up so these women all stepped up to make sure we had everything we wanted one of them was my grandma 
and my grandma was a devout Jehovah's Witness. Uh, I actually grew up Jehovah's Witness until my grandma passed away, and then we kind of stopped going. And I, right. but you know, we really had to learn the Bible, being you know, in being a Jehovah's Witness. And I really got intrigued by the Bible, and that's sure. when I really started wanting to like learn all the stories. It's like, well, I want to see everyone's book ever written. Yeah, I want dude. It's a bit. It's. I mean, you look at any Hollywood movie. All those stories are Everything stolen from the Bible. Upon it. Every single one. Yeah. But I digress, as we always do. Yeah, right. When I would wake up in the morning, because my grandma would prepare my breakfast, and every morning we would sit down, and she would read me, uh, you know, a, a daily Bible verse, mm-hmm. and you know, she would break it down, and you know, try to, you know, she would always say, "Well, you have to feed yourself not just physically in the morning with breakfast." It's the most important meal of the day, but you also want to feed yourself spiritually when you what wake up. What an amazing thought. Yeah, now, but when I was like six, I was like, come on, I want to get out of here. Right, right, right. I was like, I get it. <laughs> Jesus walked on the water. We got it. I was like, let's go. I got things to do. I was six. I don't know. But You sound amazing like, like Gordon now. <laughs> yeah, because well, Gordon sounds like a six-year-old. Um, but one of the things she would do every morning when I would like come downstairs, where she'd be like, did you... Did you thank God for giving you another day? Oh, that's beautiful. But when you're like six, seven, yeah. 12, 13, you're like, yeah, I, I, I thanked God for giving me another day. Mm. Meanwhile, there are days where I was like, God, I wish I didn't wake up today. Yeah. Um, but now as I get older, you start to realize like, yeah, I am grateful yeah. for another day. Right. I have. And I say that to people all the time when people are like, how are you? Or like, you know, you make strangers like, hey, how are you doing today? I was I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, and like that's right. I mean, you don't want to get too heavy with people, but for, you know, for everything that's good in life, you need to just take that moment. You know, I tell people all the time. I would say it on the train, be like, "How you doing today, brother?" I'd be like, "I woke up," yeah. and every now and then, like some people wouldn't get it, but you'd get those, old, and it was always like older people. They'd be like, "Yeah, you did," because you start to realize like waking up is not a guarantee. No, no, it's it's unfortunate, but it's true, and. You might think because I'm, I might think because I'm 36, I'm young. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah. There's, there's kids right now in a cancer ward at a hospital. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, it's like, you know, there's, there's 20 year olds that get hit by a drunk driver. Yeah. And I, and I've experienced some of these things throughout Mm -hmm. my life. And they become more and more impactful. And you realize that every day that you get to wake up, every day that I get to wake up, kiss my wife come to the school be with my kids even like like i I can't take this for granted my mom love her to death pain in my ass (laughs) pain in my ass but you know what i can still hug her and kiss her and call her whenever i want i probably need to call her more my mom's funny i literally we have a group chat i talk to my mom every day we're texting every day but like she'll be like well, you don't call. I'm like, I I talk to you. Like to me, texting is communication. Right, right, right. This counts as communication. This counts. But her, she's like, that's not effort. I can text anyone. She's like, I want you to call me. I want to hear your voice. Oh, I'm like, woman. Though. I'm like, woman. I got a podcast. Listen to that. Right. You can hear my voice whenever you want. Right. But I, and you know what? I guess I do take it a little bit for granted. But I'm glad we're saying it out loud. But like, I have the opportunity to still look at my mom and tell her I love you. Yeah. My mom doesn't have that opportunity. You know what I mean? Like her yeah, mom passed her mom away. Yeah. So the fact that I can still do that, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I'm grateful that I can tell my kids I love them. Yeah. I'm grateful that my kids get to wake up with me knowing that I'm okay. One of my wife's very good friends right now, uh, you know, they have twins 
and their her husband is you know battling cancer. Yes, geez. and you know, listen, I'm conv- he's got the right mindset. He just treats it like you know, ah, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. You know, right, should right, be. Right, yeah. He's got the right attitude, and I 100 percent am convinced he's gonna he's gonna kick its ass. But you can't tell me that doesn't weigh heavy. Yeah, I mean, and and once again, it kind of paints your whole life. It you know what I'm saying? And one of the things that I've always found, other that uh, that was a real life learning lesson for me, was the more I became grateful for what I have, the happier I became. Hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? It, it is a direct correlation that, like, when I walk into class, for instance. It's like my heartbeat goes faster, my smile gets broader. I love the dudes and 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 the girls in the class. They're they're fantastic folks, and I just love slapping hands. And it, it just puts that big smile on my face because it's not based on just the fact that like I'm here. It's based on the fact that I'm really, really grateful for what I'm going to learn, or really grateful that I'm going to hang out with people. I mean, unfortunately, when you do get older. You know, especially my age, especially you just I don't get to hang out too much with people that age. And I think younger people tend to look at older folks as as maybe it's not worth my time. Their perspective is just not Mm. cool. Their perspective is not great. But I I really, really kind of get off on hanging out with, with guys that are a lot younger than me. And, you know. I could choke them out too. It's it's a real but, plus. So, <laughs> well, that's always that's the best. I'm always grateful for those chokes. But I'm going to give you the flip side of that. Yeah. Right. You come in. You're excited. You're you're so grateful. You have a place to come to. Yeah. When you guys walk in, I'm grateful for oh, every sure. single yeah. one of you. Even more now, because, dude, a year ago, we almost lost this school. Hmm. You know, and, and it's funny. This this conversation came up. Uh, when I was in Costa Rica, Tom was like, you know, that might have been the most serious conversation you and I ever had. Yeah. He's like, that might be the first time where I genuinely saw like fear in you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, as opposed was... to just brava, you know, bravissimo kind of thing. It was, it was real. Yeah. There was no fluff. It was, I, I remember how the conversation went. I said, Tom, I need, I don't know what to do. Do I tell my students where we're at right now? And he was like, how realistic is it that you're going to lose the school? Right. And I said, dude, I'm researching bankruptcy attorneys. So do you think that people need these sort of, you know, negative moments in their life to create more gratitude? 100%. Yeah. I think people need to understand what they can lose. Yeah. And then once you get that feeling, once you get that taste, you start to fight for it more. I don't mean to ask an obvious question. That's obviously, you know, you, you suddenly, wow, I, I just avoided that car accident. Holy shit, thank God I'm alive kind of thing. Let me put on my seatbelt. Let me put my yeah. phone down. <laughs> Let me you know, lower the music. Uh, yeah, but that's a, uh, that, that is, sometimes people do need that little kick in the tush to. Uh, you do. And, and you know, uh, I was always very grateful for the school. I mean, we grew so fast and, you know, you start thinking this is the norm. And fortunately for me, and I'm going to say fortunately, it happened early on in the life of our academy because that's going to stay with me yeah. forever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Forever. Yeah. The good and the bad. The, the bad of how quickly things can change. But the good, man, like we are, we went, our, we went up almost like $2,000 overnight right? because of the students. Mm-hmm. students who were on a freeze were like activate my account students that were on discount they were like get rid of my discount charge me the full rate right. students donating money they're like listen take and and 
you know, man, I cried. I have yeah. no shame saying that I cried. And then when it started to turn around, I cried even more yeah. because in my head, I'm like, these people really want to be here. Yeah. Like they really, yeah. and then it also made me feel like I need to keep this school going. Yeah. These yeah. people love being here. This isn't just about me and my dreams. Like I got to keep <laughs> you this really do going. Keep this shit going. Absolutely. And, and it, but like, it's, it's a responsibility that I knew I had, but then I really knew I had it. And you know what? I was fucking grateful that I had that responsibility because it's like, this is, this is my purpose in life. Yeah. And having that purpose, I'm grateful for that. How many people do you, do you know, don't know what they're doing with their lives? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, or that they find themselves doing something that they're really unhappy with, unhappy and with. they just have to stay with it. I mean, you know, it's very common. Yeah, it's very, very common. Yeah. I'm grateful. See, I'll tell you this: it's interesting because, like, there have been guys that are no longer here that I really, really kind of miss their faces, if you will. You know, one guy in particular that I that I absolutely love that is still here though is is you mentioned him T O B Tim O'Brien. Every time I see the dude, I'm just like happy that he's here and he's struggling through a tough back situation right now, but he's still here. Yeah, and I'm just you know I love toasting that guy. Yeah, just a great dude. And you know we have we have guys you know especially here we have people that have very very demanding careers. Yeah. And it gets busier. It gets, you sure. know, so when you see them, man, you're so happy to see them. And you know that they're not yeah. leaving. They're not going anywhere. Case in point, Rex. Oh, yeah. Oh, he lights up Is a room he when he comes in. He's, a, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's been training since 1994. Oh, but God. when he comes in, everyone gets excited. And he's got a very busy life. He's yeah, got a very yeah. busy job. But when he comes in, yeah. everybody knows Rex multiple academies rex is known all throughout new jersey mm -hmm. he's a legend he really is but you understand that live life happens lives become busy so when those people come in and you see them man you're so grateful well i don't want you to go too past rex because he was directly responsible for me being kicked off of the uh the student. Uh... Oh, my God. So I got to share this. We had a student chat. We had one for all the schools. And then I had one for like, you know, a couple of the guys, the old right, guys. Right. You and Rex could never figure out which one was which. I was so stupid. I mean, you on. were old. Right. And like you would start <laughs> you would start posting and like the student. I'd be like, uh, guys, student page. After like the third time, I was like kicked off, kicked off, <laughs> kicked off. Because Rex just posts this stuff. I like he'll send me. Rex got banned from Zoom. Oh, did when we had the Zoom, Rex got kicked <laughs> off of the Zoom classes. Funny story. He and then you can say yours. I totally cut you off, but That's I gotta right. get this That's out. Right, man. Rex joins in for a Zoom class <laughs> early, before the adult Zoom class. It was kids. Right. So Rex joins in early. And what's his first of all, he logs in as uh, Buffalo Bob or Buffalo Bill. <laughs> and I see like Buffalo Bill is trying to log in. I'm like, who is this? Who is this? And I'm like trying to finish up the kids Zoom class. I'm like, who is this? Who is this? I'm like trying to like exit out, not let them right. in. But it keeps saying connecting. 
What does he have his background? He has the background scene of Signs of the Lambs with like, you know, the oh, infamous shit. tuck scene. And I'm like, as soon as that picture popped up, it was up for like two seconds. And I was like, boom, removed from chat. I'm like, well, Rex, you've now been kicked out of Zoom. He goes, oh, shit. I thought it was a little early. <laughs> Did any kids see it? I was like, I hope not because they're ruined. Uh, but, oh, my God. <laughs> Whenever I think of the dude, I just smile, though. He's just he's. <laughs> He's just so charming and everybody loves him and he's just like, uh, but he's really good at knowing, like you said, like all that, like that's between like private text messages. Yeah. Like he's, I love the guy. Yeah. Love him to death. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure he's going to listen. I'm sure he probably won't listen to this. No, he's like, oh, bro. <laughs> he's like, I, he goes, I'll listen, but I got to listen to people talk all day long. Yeah. He's like, I think he's like, I don't know. I'll see. I'll give you two minutes. You know, it's but, funny. Do you have people? I, I meant to ask you, do you have people now that uh, tell you they listen to this? It's so yes. The short answer to that is yes. Okay. Here's where it gets, I don't want to use the term weird, but it gets very surreal when, and Garrett Lavaggi did this Garrett Lavaggi head instructor of Pinelands BJJ mm -hmm. black belt, extraordinaire, super exciting guy. Uh, Garrett Lavaggi also has his own podcast. K and K and G radio. Uh, give that a listen, check them out. Uh, Pinelands BJJ, part of the Tom DeBlast Association. Shameless plugs. But Garrett did it, and uh, Andrew and Jackie have both done it. And people will post on their Instagram stories, like a picture mm -hmm. or something like that. Like I'm like, ah, oh, that's cool. They're listening. When they post audio, right, or quotes. And, I, and I hear myself, and I know that they're listening to me in their car, I'm always like, oh, fuck like people actually right. listen yeah, to what i'm exactly. saying and i'm just like oh god um garrett posted the one i think it was from like i think it was the first episode where i was like you know i'm, I'm like i was talking about like my mom having two kids being young i was like you know i'm, I'm 31 years old and i i didn't learn how to wipe my ass yet <laughs> and garrett put, and like me hearing myself saying that i was like oh my god i was like what am i doing um yeah, but I, yeah, people listen. I remember the one where they said, uh, you know, even a dog's ass gets sunshine twice a day. Even a dog's ass gets sunshine twice a day. People really enjoyed that one. It's a good but one. It, it, it's true, though. It's true. <laughs> you know, I had a football coach tell me that. You know, those are old, like, footballisms. Mm -hmm. You know, football coaches say, listen, I had a coach one time tell me. Mm -hmm. He yelled my name super loud. He goes, Benitez, God damn it. You could fuck up a wet dream. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like things, you know, it looks like you're shitting in a thorn bush. You're like all those random things that football coaches say. I don't Dude. know if they could say that stuff anymore, but back then I was like, I, I was going to say, my football coach would, would always say one thing when, you, when you'd stand there folding your arms across your chest. They say, "What are you, a woman? What are you carrying a purse?" Yeah, you can't and say I can't, that now. I know. Can't say that now. Can't say anything now. But uh, yeah, dude, and here's was... the funny thing: my football coach was also my uh, mailman, so he'd come driving by, like sometimes in the summertime, and be like, "I freaking hide from the guy." Oh my god! Yeah, they're scary. You know? When you're like 13, 14, they intimidate yeah. you. Then you well, get he was my PIL like... football coach, and I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> you know my, my best friend you look like Dave Wanstead too remember that guy of course he coached the, the uh, Chicago Bears Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins exactly. I think does he coach Pitt now I know he coached Pitt for a while yeah yeah he was at Pitt he was in Dallas uh, with North Turner and, and that crowd yes and he goes to Chicago and then he comes to Miami yep but the dude looked exactly my coach looked exactly like Dave Wanstead oh my, with the mustache oh and yeah the cool like the hair parted in the middle <laughs> you bet man yeah man but uh 
But yeah, they're all footballisms. But I will say this, and um, I, I don't like to bring these up, but I and I'm I'm grateful for it, and I hope. Here's the thing, like we, like we're doing this thing, and you know we're talking, and we're bullshitting, and we, my goal has always been to just try to help people, and if it helps one person, great. I have gotten messages from people mm-hmm. telling me how, you know, listening to my story helped them get through a rut, or realizing, you know, how, you know, uh, like we did the one about competition, They're like you know, yeah. I, I've been nervous about competing, and after hearing the way you break it down, you know, maybe I do want to do it again. Mm. But I've had people legit message me and tell me how they take little parts of this podcast and you know it really helps them that's beautiful you know, i had one guy tell me he he didn't want to go to train he was starting to get like anxiety and he heard the podcast and he's like you know i realized like no like that's that's in my head i need to go because that's it where really i'm happy is. yeah it really is and and i've sent you a couple and i'm like yeah. man like you know i'm just i'm i'm here thinking we're just telling yuck yucks and having a good time but to some people this is really yeah this is really getting to it you know but l- let me uh just also since i think we only got about like 15, 20 minutes on here. But let's talk about the people that are not grateful and try and sell them on the idea of being grateful because the people that I find that are not grateful unfortunately tend to come across as victims, you know, and that's not a good way to go through things. Yeah, so you know what? Here's the thing. There's there's two ways to think about that, and you've got the people that – you know, they're not grateful and they play the victim and they don't pay attention to the things that or, they or do have. For their, they think they're entitled to something. You know. But here's here's the people I really want to I really want to reach out to. Mm. The people who don't get a chance to be grateful because they're looking for the next thing. Okay. Right. They're looking. They're, they're so busy looking at the next step. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That they haven't looked at what they have going on now. Mm. Those people are, I, I think, are easier to get to be grateful. Sure, absolutely, one hundred percent. And but you've got to train yourself. You, it's like anything else. My mother in law asked me all the time. She goes, "How do you stay so calm?" And I was like, "Pat, it didn't happen overnight. It's been work over the last thirty six years of my life to try mm. to keep my cool. Being grateful, being able to take a step back and look at everything that you have. It takes work." really does it takes work you wake up you're go 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 sometimes you got to have that mindset of pura vida step back look at your life do you have everything you want probably not is everything perfect doubtful Hmm. but what do you have what is going well what is making you happy Hmm. what things do you have today that you didn't have a year ago that you didn't have five years ago how much closer are you to the next goal that's or even, the, even the idea of saying, you know, what you do have may not be here next year. May not be here. You know, people you love, the school you created, you know. Oh, dude, especially like, you know, looking at last year, yeah. how many small businesses were around for oh, years, man, decades, generations? Time, yeah. Now they're gone. Yeah. They're gone. No yeah. fault of their own. Mm-hmm. Gone. Every day we're here. Every day you can open your eyes and wake up. Every day that I get to turn the key in that door and walk in, yeah. I'm grateful. Yep. I'm grateful. And it's very easy to become ungrateful because it's like anything else. When you do something every single day, it becomes routine. And when things become routine, you you take it for granted. Sure. That routine almost got ended. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it every day. Yeah, I always, you know, my mom will always uh, say to me uh, in her nanny voice, 
Roy, <laughs> you have to try and pause life. You have to try and really, you know, appreciate what you got. I'm like, Ma, I can't pause life. It goes. It goes. I, I, I can't stop, you know, what I do. I can just try and be a part of something and enjoy it, I, whether I play music, whether I do jujitsu, whether I run my business, whatever it is, whether I'm cooking food. I have to find those moments where I am grateful for this sort of thing. Yeah. When I look at my wife lying next to me in bed, and I know we're, you know, and I don't want to get too too sad here, but I know we don't have a lot of time, that much left here, but I, I just I have to take that moment. And I, I never want to bring it up to my son, you know, say, you know, appreciate me. I'm not going to be here forever, but because he was always like, oh, yeah, you will. You know, yeah, you're in great shape. You know, I'm like, Jay, sometimes I don't really feel you it. don't realize it. And that's yeah. why it's important. That's why you also got to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, get your blood work. Go see your go see the doctor. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. You got to get blood. I, I, I listen, agree, I do. Bro. I get my blood work done twice a year just yeah. to make sure just to, to make sure I have to do that. You got, go get a physical, you know, grab your nuts, turn to the left, cough, all that stuff. I have a great I have a great story about that one time. But uh, dude, we're, we're playing football. No, real. No. I was gonna say, is this about how you met Pookie? You like, <laughs> nah, that is shove the best your hands story. down the front of her jeans. That is the best story. No, no, we'll share that story. <laughs> Not tonight, but we're gonna share <laughs> the story of how Roy met Pookie. Because I'll tell you right now, it it'll, is an amazing it'll get story. Him, it'll get him canceled in 2021. <laughs> we might have a host, the we, another co-host, the week after we tell that story. But you married yeah. her. You've been married what 40, 35? 35 years in January. Is Holy that fucking smokes. crazy? Like I, I. Like the longest thing I've ever done in my life, pretty much, is breathe. And <laughs> thirty-five years is a lot of freaking. Dude, I'll years. tell you what. My next, how many you got it? under your belt? Yeah. It'll be eight in in May. So seven and That's a half. Amazing. Seven and a half years. It's a cool ride. Uh, my in-laws are renewing their vows next Friday. Uh huh. Forty-five years. Oh. 45 years. Good chunk of time. Fucking that's that's <laughs> 40 years too long. <laughs> I tell are, are you will you be editing that part of this I whole tell, thing? <laughs> I tell Steph all the time. I'm like, listen, I know we said till death do us part. This is a 30-year contract. Right. At 58, we'll sit down at the table, we'll, we'll see where we're at, we'll renegotiate. We might do another 10, 15-year contract. Right, right. She's Up like pretty sure that's not the way it works. I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it works. Because when marriage first started people were dying at 30 they were married mm -hmm. six years and it was oh, a wrap. Yeah. now it's a 70 year con lebron makes a hundred million dollars a year from mm -hmm. nike he don't got a lifetime contract no but <laughs> no I, I hope i stay married forever just because it's like a competition i will at this say point, this i want to win i have a buddy yeah right i have a buddy of mine that uh that is always you know ragging on his wife but he's still there and i'm like dude I, stop with that tell me some good things about your, your listen wife. There, there's a big difference between ragging and like just like miserable fucking people yeah. i make fun of steph all the time right i make fun of you all the time if i'm not making fun of you mm -hmm. i'm probably not that comfortable with you yeah but if i'm making Absolutely. fun of you it means way. probably means i really like you yeah all right like if i'm picking on you it means i Who's truly your favorite person like in you. class to pick on uh, besides you, yeah, you're definitely my favorite to pick on. <laughs> I'm waiting for the K name. Uh, Justin's Justin's picking up. I'm getting close to picking on Justin more. Okay. Vic's easy to pick on. I like picking on Vic. Max and Manny are the easiest to pick yeah, on because yeah. they're young. But my favorite one to pick on, and you already know who I'm going to say, 
It's Mr. OK himself. <laughs> I, that, I was so I hoping. I told him tonight it. before before he left. Okay. I said, we're going to bring you up. OK. <laughs> OK. But you know what I love about Like, he loves it. And He's like, the best accepts it. And he laughs harder than anyone else. The best He laughs class. harder than anyone else. He he competes and man he's so athletic and so strong yes, and yeah. so tough, but he has the habit of getting inside his own head. Yeah, and then he starts thinking, and when you're thinking, you're not moving, mm-hmm. and if you're not moving, you're you're losing, you're dying. Right, right. His family is, I believe, from Ghana. Right, I'm almost positive they're Pretty from sure. Ghana. Uh, so we're we're training with it. And I'm like, I'm like Kote, do you realize how strong you are? Do you realize how athletic you are? I'm like, you're getting caught in the dumbest shit. Mm. I was like, do you realize the the genetics that you have, the ancestry that you have? And he goes, uh, okay. And he's looking at me. <laughs> and I already know where I'm going. And he's that. like, I was like, where are you <laughs> from? My favorite accent. He's like, I was like, where are you from, Kote? He goes, uh, my family is originally from Ghana. I was like, no, Kote. You're Wakanda. I was like, I want you to unleash the Black Panther. I want you to unleash the wealthiest, most intelligent, superior right. nation on this planet. A nation so advanced that they hide themselves from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when you train, I want you to unleash Wakanda. I'm like, I'm like, Kote, where's your family from? He goes, uh, they're from Ghana. I'm like, no, Kote, <laughs> that's not where they're from. So I'm like, so now he's like, he's like uh, Wakanda. I'm like, you're Wakanda, Kote. I need you to unleash that dude. He does another round and unleashes the fury of all Marvel. Love it. And then afterwards, I'm like, Kote, that's what I want to see. Where are you from? And he like says, he goes, Wakanda forever. I'm like, yes, Kote. Yes. But it like, but like. I loved it, and he he buys into oh, it. And he I has a good it. time, and man, I have so much fun with him. Yeah, and listen, and I I welcome it back. I tell these guys like you know it's because I'm a black belt, like they don't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I welcome it back. Some of these guys do, and I crack up. Dom is one of the worst ones. He's always talking shit to me, and I I love it. But I welcome it back. Like I want it back. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's point. so funny when I first started in your class a few years ago, you blasted me for something, and I sent something back. I still remember the joke, by the way, and I, <laughs> I said, should I have sent that? Maybe I shouldn't have sent that. You know that kind of thing. No, nah, man, I fucking want it. You know, I love it. Listen, said, what are you so pissed off? They, you know, the uh, vending machine ran out of Twinkies at uh, at work. <laughs> so <laughs> and I felt really bad about sending that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like it's jujitsu. I'll laugh and I can just beat your ass. You're right. Or not. <laughs> exactly. Or not. But you know, like there is a revenge factor. Oh, uh, that's into the this. thing about. And that's that's probably one of my favorite things about here. And like I love talking shit to my friends. Right. And I've like I've said this to Tom, Carlos, all those guys. I was like, I'm gonna talk my shit. Because it's going to be a violent round anyway. Yeah, yeah You're going yeah. to kick my ass anyway. So at least <laughs> yeah. I'm going to earn it and be like, at least I got to talk my shit. But <laughs> it's funny, man. I have a blast with these guys. Like, and you got to have tough skin. All right. Because here's Absolutely, the thing. Absolutely. Which is so why it's so painful to watch all these freaking comedy things get like cancel oh, culture. It's like, crazy. Mm-hmm. It, I, it makes me sad that comics have to like tell a joke and be like, it's a joke. Remember if it was Dave Chappelle, he said, he goes, what happens is you'll have someone in the audience who will type the words that they said. Right, yeah. He goes, when you're just reading the word, he goes, there's no inflection. Yes. There's no tone. He goes, half the time I read with her, I'm like, God damn, I said that shit. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, because it's, the context is taken so out true. of it. Yeah. 
but that's the world we live in, man. But you got to have thick skin because here's the thing. If you don't have thick skin mm-hmm. on these mats, like in, in life, yeah, you're going to get eaten alive. Sure. Dude, I'll tell you right now, this happened to me. It was my birthday last year. Right. And Tom and Gordon both made a, a birthday post for me. Happy birthday to, you know, right. Professor Miguel. And, you know, Tom, all people wrote because I, I got tagged. So I get notifications when people comment. Mm-hmm. All they wrote was happy birthday. Very sweet people. Tom's right. fans. Very right. sweet. Gordon wrote, I want to send a happy birthday to a guy that helped me as a young man, helped make me a man. You know, real sweet things. Right, right, right. I was viciously attacked in his comments. People making fun of my cheeks. <laughs> One person was like, he must have failed you as a coach because you're a <laughs> shitty human being. Uh, one person was like, I can, Oh, this is people responding to Gordon, to Gordon, but talking shit about me. (laughs) I'm like, what did I, one person was like, Oh, I'm surprised Papa de Blast didn't make a post about this guy. People were like, who the fuck is that guy? I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, what did I do to any, I was cracking up. I was like, keyboard warriors all the time. They were, that's when I was like, yeah, you guys be famous. I'm going to like hide out back here. I'm going to tuck back here. But, it was uh, <laughs> it's very interesting the social media, but yeah, man, like you got to have thick skin. You got to, yeah. dude. They destroy those guys. Gordon and Tom, man, these people just go after them for no reason. Mm-hmm. Well, just you be able have to pick skin. a fight, and it's not like they're looking to get in a real fight. They're just looking to engage with a guy like Gordon. It's like touching the greatness, touching uh, the hem of the. That, uh, that's really all it is. They want you to acknowledge course. them, and they're like, "Oh, he commented back." Exactly. Um, that's really I saw all it is. who's. UFC one fifty five. shit all over my music one time for for no reason. I'm like, dude, this is really good music. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm really proud of what I did here. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, well, then just stop listening to yeah, it. Yeah, please, just stop listening. Go back to, to listening it. to your Culture Club. You know? don't hate on Boy George. I, I, I enjoyed some Culture Club. I love those guys. Well, all right, we don't have that much time, so I get my 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 chance to ask you the big question. Give me your top three. Heavyweight boxing champions. Wow. Okay. If, in other words, if there was a round robin tournament, who are you putting your money on to win this thing? Do we have to base it on skill? I'm just saying, who wins the fight? Who, who wins, wins the, fight? the two wins the tournament? All right. I I, I mean, I know who wins it because I, I'm that in touch with this sort of thing. But okay, well, I, you can't not put in Tyson. Okay. So you have to put him three. in. Okay. You have to put him in there in top three. And I know people are going to make the argument, well, he never really had tough competition. And when he actually did get tough competition, he didn't do too well. Look what happened with him in Holyfield and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. The man transcended the sport. Yes, he did. The man put life into the sport. The heavyweight division was dying before Tyson came around. After Ali, between Ali and Tyson, there really wasn't much Just going Larry on. Larry Holmes, Michael Spinks. I mean, these there guys was were, there yeah. was no dominance. Exactly. Mike Tyson came out and revitalized oh, yeah. that weight class. Everyone loves a, a big heavyweight, and he did it at like five nine, five nine two sixteen. He wasn't even that big. He was literally jumping off his feet, yeah. knocking these dudes out. Yep, Mike Tyson's going in there. You got to put in Muhammad Ali. I don't see how you don't. I don't. But I. Uh, how do you not though? All right, because you're going off of sheer skill, and if you were no, to put no, him no. against anyone, you're not putting him in there. I'm looking at who is walking out of this tournament, who's winning this tournament, and when I tell you the name, I think you will agree with me. But 
Uh, well, well, I'm going to tell you who my third one is. Yeah. I love the guys that are out now. I love Tyson Fury, but I think that's just because I love the guy. Oh yeah, six foot nine. Are you kidding me, dude? His story's phenomenal. Yeah. He has this whole thing. If you look it up, where he talks about time, yeah. he's like, the only thing a person can own in this life is time. Hmm. He's like, when I die, these possessions will be gone. These are all material things. I'll never have them anymore. That's it. He goes, but my time will always live. Hmm. He goes, right now is my time. This is my time mm. on this planet. And when I die and people talk about boxing and they mention this time, this was my time. Yeah, I was going to say the the more recent heavyweight champions are the guys that I would choose to kind of well, – they're, they're just so large. They're so large. They're so yeah. skilled. I mean, you're talking about a guy like 6'9", 260. Dude, he's massive. He's huge. And he can box. Yes. And he can box. Um, you so, got to put Lennox Lewis in there. Okay. There's my winner. Yeah, Lennox is, is winning he it. He is the guy that's going to win the tournament. This I tournament. agree. He was big, strong, yep. fast to box. Everybody on. If you ever want to watch a really cool video, watch Lennox Lewis's best knockouts. Yes, and here's the thing: Did anyone? What was his record? Like, did anyone? When he, was, he once he became champ, did anyone knock two. him off? Yeah, two guys beat him: uh, Oliver McCall and um, and Rahim uh, Hasim Rahman. Hasim Rahman, but he. Came avenged back and him. knocked them both out. He avenged them. Yeah, well, that was. Did you ever see that Oliver Call uh, McCall fight against uh, Lennox no. where he starts crying in the ring? No, I did not see that one, <laughs> dude. But here's and you Talk know why Lennox breakdown. Lewis isn't more popular? Because yeah. he's British. He's British. Yeah, he's British, and he's not like I'm betting my house on him walking out of that. One hundred percent. You yeah. can't not say that he was the most dominant heavyweight yep. of all time because he was winning. He effortlessly beat, he beat big people he beat vitaly klitschko he beat him all beat michael grant wasn't he even beat close tyson beat holyfield twice i mean he he was so good that yeah. when he was done the heavyweight division was dead dead klitschko was a very dominant heavyweight champ mm -hmm. but he couldn't beat lennox lewis exactly. and that that stayed with him for a while Absolutely. and it, it really hasn't been revitalized until now with tyson fury uh Devontae wilder and yeah. all these guys who were coming around but Lennox Lewis was just so dominant yeah. and so clean, but he people like I really truly believe people like their heavyweight champs to be a little scary. Oh yeah, he was not. He's not. A scary he wasn't scary at all. No, like Tyson Fury is a little scary. No. He's like this British, <laughs> like he's a pikey essentially. That's you what he is. On the Gypsy he's, King. Yeah, he's Brad Pitt from from uh, from Snatch. Yeah, you know he's a little scary yeah, and yeah. he's big. <laughs> <laughs> Lennox Lewis is T T and Crimpets British. Yeah, you know he's, he's playing he's, chess. Yeah, he, you know he's playing croquet with the Queen. Like right. he, he ain't scaring anybody. You know, but <laughs> he was even really, really bad at like trash talking. Oh, he was so bad. <laughs> Wasn't he bad? Like yeah. cringeworthy bad. So bad. But I, I, you know, his image is what I don't think. If if he would have had like a little bit of a different image, a little bit of yeah. a rougher image. Oh yeah. You know, not be as proper. Maybe be a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah. 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 People would be drawn to him a little bit more, and he'd be higher on that list. So he's my number one. Lennox, to me, walks out of there. Tyson, to me, from that period of 84, 85, 86, to let's say 88. 88. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that dude would have taken just about anyone. He's very dangerous. You know? And then I'd possibly throw in Ali, but I, I've watched so many of his fights, and it's just like he just was never dominant. You know, he just... Ali is a very similar fighter to what Floyd Mayweather is. Kind of, yeah. Very defensive, but he knew how to win. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, you know, I, and you can't. You he's can't. also had like six or seven losses, though. Oh, he had a ton of losses, and he had bad ones too. He also had a lot of time in between fights. Yeah, people forget when he, you know, he was facing time in jail for Vietnam for not going to Vietnam. 
He had a couple. Of, yeah, definitely, and that was during his prime. That was during his so prime. I'll they took his title him, away. I'll throw him his uh, props that way. But you know, uh, and he had to come back and start from the bottom to win back his title. And then he yeah. had to beat George Foreman. Well, he beat. Uh, he lost to uh, uh, Joe Frazier, and mm-hmm. then he comes back and beats Frazier. And then, but then he fought a bunch of tin cans, you know, guys like uh, uh, Chuck Webner and Quarry, and yeah. But you can't, you can't blame the division for not. Oh, having, I don't. I'm, I'm just saying. Because listen, even you look at the UFC. There have been times where you know there was a time where the UFC heavyweight division was weak. Oh yeah, it was weak. Yeah. And now you have this one guy that cleans out the division. Right. You know, like a John Jones type. You get a or John an Anderson Silva type. Uh, well, John Jones was cleaning out some tough guys at That's, 205. Yeah, I agree. Like he didn't have any easy ones. Yep. Middleweight's not. But there was a time at heavyweight where there really wasn't. Like when Cain Velasquez was champ. You know, it was a lot of big yeah. guys that had knockout power, but mm-hmm. he was beating them all with his wrestling. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember he beat Brock. You know, he, yeah. I remember the time when he fought Junior Dos Santos. And so you get these good heavyweights, but I wouldn't call them great heavyweights. Great. It's getting better. It's better now. Been. It's Kane better could. now. Well, yeah. I mean, this guy in Gano is a dangerous Francis Ngannou is dangerous. You still got Cormier. Uh, I don't know if Cormier is no, fighting Cormier. anymore. He's an but, older guy. He's like 42 years old. Yeah, now. but Cormier retired. He, was, he had two belts. No, I think he had lost to uh, Stipe. He lost twice. He had to lost Stipe. to Stipe. Yeah, and he lost. Stipe's still in the mix. People aren't even talking about yeah, Stipe. He, that guy was pretty dominant. If I was Stipe's manager, I'd say, Stipe, just take the money, walk take away. Take the money and walk away. At this point, there are yeah, guys that will take your fucking head off now at this point. I like Stipe. Like man. this guy, Gane, that just fought. Cyril Gane, he's beast in Ganu beast yeah i mean there's some <laughs> some dangerous there are, guys there are boys and, that are getting after and it now you got some guys coming up you yeah. got some guys hiding in the wings mm-hmm. uh you know even at the local level local level i, I don't know much about the local level yeah, i'm sure there's some really really lots of, you know what talent. it is a lot of these kids are making the transition from college wrestling into uh mma absolutely um i don't know if you saw this i know we're we're running out of time but american top team one of the top mma mm-hmm. programs in the world right just opened up a school in Happy Valley. <laughs> did they really? Yeah, they did. Wow. Gonna, Bo Nichols going to be one of the instructors there. And their plan is to, like, feeder program, take the wrestlers, oh, put them yeah. right into MMA. Absolutely. Dude, I'm curious yeah. and excited to see what that's going to do. Because a lot of those wrestlers, you start teaching them some oh, submission defense and some stand-up while they're in college. You go right down the line. You go from a guy like um, uh, Henry Cejudo. Mm-hmm. Who had an amazing run at, at UFC? You got uh, I forget his name, uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson, Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius had a wrestling background. I'll even throw in uh, you know Khabib, even though he wasn't American. I mean, what an amazing wrestling background! Phenomenal. Segwayed right into MMA and Frankie Edgar, Frankie, Frankie Edgar, first Jake guy to take Ellen down Berger. BJ Penn in like five years. Yeah, uh, and then you throw in GSP, who like really kind of embodied wrestling. Sure did in terms of his his MMA and. Yeah, it's well. That's what I always think. I always think now, jujitsu is such a natural segue for wrestlers. You know, it really is. And then they they just find their way with MMA, and it's just making a couple adjustments. But all right, so, so do you want to wrap up the whole gratitude thing now? Well, I want to know who your number three was. Oh, I said I got uh, Lennox winning. I got Tyson in second, and I got I guess Muhammad Ali. You going Ali? Yeah, I'll, I'll put him in top three. Even though I think a guy like Vitali Klitschko probably would have taken him. Just too big. He's too big. I'd agree. Too big. I agree. You know, and Ali never difference. really, really fought the big, big guy. Well, I think if Ali would have fought modern times, I don't think he's fighting heavyweight. Yeah, he probably would have fought a cruiser. I think he's cutting like one ninety. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that because yeah. Ali was fighting at about. I mean, Joe Frazier came in at like two eighteen, two fifteen. 
And you got guys like Klitschko walking in at like 265, They're 275. Massive. They're huge. They're huge. You know what I'm saying? And athletic. Yeah. Times just change. That's exactly Dude, right. an NFL old lineman yep. in like 1975 yep. was, you know, 255 pounds. <laughs> right. That's not even He's a drinking def- beer on the yeah. weekends. That's not even shit. a linebacker anymore. Yeah. That's not a quarterback anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Newton is 6'4", 260. Oh, <laughs> it's not normal. You're talking about Cam Newton, the quarterback for the New England Patriots? He's about to be the backup quarterback yeah, for the yeah. New England Patriots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I like the way Mac looked. I'll tell you what. I'm very grateful I never had to tackle someone that big. <laughs> <That's a> big <laughs> boy. I'd be in the wheelchair. Roy, this was a phenomenal discussion. Yeah, I enjoyed this again. I'm grateful we got to sit down and Absolutely, have this conversation. Buddy. All right. Lucky, this lucky. Is- Episode six of Tapping In. See you guys next week. Enjoy the show. Take care. Thanks for tapping in, and don't forget to keep listening.